Welcome to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? with your host, Jeff Stein. This program really does uncover the sometime myth that all are innocent until proven guilty. The truth is that many innocent people are found guilty of a crime that they did not commit. We discuss the judicial system, its flaws, and where it could be made better. Now, here is Jeff Stein. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Episode 8 of Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? Sit back, relax, and let's listen to uh, what I think we have a, a great show planned. As you know, there are many wrongful arrests and convictions in the United States. This show is going to address things that can be fixed and how we want to talk to victims of wrongful arrests and convictions, witnesses, people involved in the judicial process, and try to create an understanding that you, our listeners, can understand that the current judicial system is not truth and justice for all. I repeat, it is not truth and justice for all. Anyone can become a victim to the judicial system because of false or coerced statements, ineffective assistance of counsel, lackadaisical police work, prosecutorial misconduct, jailhouse snitches, deceitful witnesses, mistaken identity, and even dishonest expert witnesses. Keep in mind that this is a live show. Feel free to call or email with questions or topics you would like to discuss today or hear discussed in our future show. Our scheduled guest for today had to cancel on short notice um, for legitimate reasons, so we will have him back in the next month or two, so I'm flying solo today. As we've been discussing on the previous episodes, there are many wrongful arrests and convictions in the United States. Did you know that there are over 2 million people in jail or prison in the United States? As I mentioned before, there's no scientific formula that can be applied on how many are innocent, but it is believed to be anywhere from 2% to as much as 10%. And keep in mind, even on the low end, that equates to 40,000, or on the high end, it could be as much as 200,000 innocent men and women who have been wrongfully convicted and I have to emphasize this, that does not include those that have been wrongfully charged of a crime, so these numbers are really much higher. For these very reasons, the defense must conduct its own investigation instead of relying on the investigation conducted by the prosecutorial team themselves. I try to address things on the show that can be fixed and how, and How do I do that? Well, really, as an investigator with over 30 years of experience, I've worked with numerous attorneys on hundreds of cases, and I see firsthand that an investigator can be the key to advancing a winning defense, especially when there were false or coerced statements, ineffective assistance of counsel, lackadaisical police work, prosecutorial misconduct, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm going to get into some of the training and education uh, a little bit later in the show as well. So stand by. You're going to you're, you're in for a good show. If you have not listened to the previous pod to previous podcasts, please go back and listen, download them. Listen when you're driving on the beach, flying, trying to tune your kids out while you're driving, etc. You can tune in through Voice America or whatever podcast platform you prefer. I'd like to talk about a a recent release of a wrongful uh, conviction, Um, John Miller. Mr. Miller was convicted in 1977 of second-degree murder. It's a long time. 
And a, a lot of what I'm um, going to quote is from an article that was in the Washington Post. So I do want to give credit to Katie Mettler. Uh, Katie Mettler is a general assignment reporter for the Washington Post. She previously worked for the Tampa Bay Times in St. Petersburg, Florida, and she did a really good job um, on putting together an article. And I have reached out to the attorney who represented Mr. Miller and would love to have them on a, a future show. So there is an open invite to both his attorney and to Mr. Miller to come on the show and talk about it um, from their perspectives. But I, I do want to go over this because this case is really has everything we've talked about to date and, and moving forward. And I think it's it's extremely informative and extremely interesting and yet sad and happy because he, he's since been released. But what a shame um, that 21 years in murder for something that he didn't commit um, and to boot somebody really confessed to this 17 years ago and he still continued to stay in jail. So what happened was the prosecutor said he shot and killed a parking lot attendant during an attempted robbery. And that's a a felony crime that carried a life sentence. Um, Miller was guilty, they said, because a key witness placed him at the scene despite the facts that the witness recanted his statement not once, but twice. The jury convicted him anyway. Now, 21 years later, state and federal judges in Pennsylvania, as well as the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office that originally charged him with murder, have conceded that he wasn't guilty. So last week, he walked out a free man. And it took two decades behind bars, 10 appeals, and nine years of work from fortunately pro-bo attorneys at Pepper Hamilton and the Pennsylvania Innocence Project to make that happen. And uh, another show, I'd really like to spend some time talking more about the Innocence Project. Uh, They're in most states. And I know the... um, one of the partners at Pepper Hamilton is one of the founders of the Pennsylvania Innocence Project. So it's it's really a, a great venue for wrongfully convicted people. Uh, they really, if they accept your case, they, they do a lot pro bono to fight for their for their release. But the case against Miller was flawed from the very beginning. Uh, Anthony Mullen was the victim, he was shot and killed in the fall of 1996 during a robbery attempt in a parking lot near 30th Street Station in Philadelphia. For months, the case was cold until police arrested David Williams for an unrelated robbery. In exchange for leniency, Williams said he could give the authorities information on the 1996 murder. He told two detectives that Miller, his neighbor and lifelong acquaintance, had confessed to the killing. This is something that we see all the time. And what happens is there's somebody who's charged with a crime or they're already in prison and to get their sentence reduced or or to look good um, for a reduction in time, they say that somebody else did it. This is... It's a common occurrence. It really is. You know, people know how to milk the system. Um, and it's a deceitful witness. Uh, 
it's just really causes a problem when people want to go that route. And it happens. It happens so often. In fact, I had spoken to somebody and and I would love to have him on the show, but I, I spoke to somebody that I first met in 2011 who was a witness on a crime, just, just sidetracking from um, Mr. Miller's uh, case. But this person I met in 2011 that I interviewed in a federal prison, he was a witness to one of the cases and said that at the time that my client committed the crime. Well, fast forward to uh, about a year ago, I re-interviewed him where he admitted that he lied seven times about different murders within the Philadelphia region, all to get time off for good behavior, not good behavior, all to get time off, reduce sentence for saying that he knows so-and-so killed this person. He knew so-and-so killed that person. And in his statement to me, he even told me that he knew that the cops knew that he was full of crap. <clears throat> he, The district attorneys knew. They fed him the information that he needed to fill in the blanks. They told him what kind of gun it was that was used. And he just, he picked somebody that he didn't like at the time and, and ratted on him. Um, but again, it wasn't really a ratting because he totally fabricated those stories. So this stuff is, is far too frequent and a scary occurrence. And any of us can really be a victim of this. So that's what happened to Mr. Miller. Somebody, somebody turned around and said that he committed this crime. According to the reports, there was no physical evidence tying Miller to the crime scene. Two months later, in June of 1997, Miller was charged with the murder and the robbery. At a Listen to this. This just blows my mind. At a preliminary hearing for the trial, Williams recanted his statement, claiming he had lied to police and blamed the murder on Miller because the two had been at odds. What I just tell you? It happens all the time. But the case moved forward. And this is what I don't understand. You hear this so frequently, and, and as an investigator, we see this frequent, um, frequently. When the detectives find this information out, or the district attorneys, they put blinders on. And again, I've said this before, so I, I want to kind of have my caveat I am pro-law enforcement and, and pro our criminal justice system. So please do not take this for saying for, for me saying that they're all no good because that's not the case. Most law enforcement, 90, 98% of them, I thank God every day for, right? Because they're out there protecting and serving for uh, us and our families and trying to prevent crimes and solve crimes. So it's just the, the small percentage of, of some bad apples and who, who want to turn a blind eye for whatever reason. And the same holds true for any profession, but district attorneys and ADAs and so forth. And in this case, they heard this, but they, they, they just turned a blind eye and they continued to move forward. And again, we see this all the time. So at the week-long trial, Williams recanted again this time claiming he had never made the statement. So he keeps changing his mind, changing his mind. At some point, somebody's got to say, whoa, all right, he lied once, he lied twice. What, what's the real story? Let's go back and reinvestigate this. But they don't. They just move forward. And that's exactly what happened. <clears throat> so he, Miller was then found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. For more than a decade, 
He filed more than 10 appeals in state and federal court and on uh, and on up to the U.S. Supreme Court, all of which were denied on the basis that it was the jury's job to determine witness credibility, not the court. And this, again, is, is a lot of reasons for my show. Is there really truth and justice for all? Because I want to educate everybody. If you are ever, ever, ever selected to be a, a, a juror, you need to understand the full picture, that there's there's three sides to every story. There's his side, their side, and the truth somewhere in the middle. So we, we really need to educate everybody and, and focus on this. The um, Williams, the, the person who lied, had even written um, Miller's mother a letter stating, I can't live with this on my conscience. Your son had no knowledge of this crime. He was not even there. Williams testified at the hearing that he was the one who shot and killed Mullen in 1996. Williams claimed it was self-defense that Mullen had shot him during an argument over money. He again recanted his statement accusing, uh, accusing Miller of the crime, claiming he had lied to police. But the appeal was ultimately dismissed while on the stand, Williams described Mullen as a short white man in a green jacket. But the victim was tall, heavyset black man who had been wearing um, who'd been wearing red the night he was killed. Williams pled guilty to perjury and was sentenced to prison. We're going to take a a real quick break and we'll be back to uh, finish talking about the uh, John Miller case. Be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com ELPS Private Detective Agency is here to provide you with security and investigative services. Our specialties include criminal defense, surveillance, security consulting, loss prevention investigations, and more. ELPS Private Detective Agency is a dynamic team of professionals with over 30 years of experience. No case is too small, too large, or too difficult. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. Visit ELPSPDA.com on the web or call us at 877-SEE-THAT. ELPS Private Detective Agency. Fighting theft, fraud, and crime, one case at a time. What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
You are listening to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? To reach Jeff Stein or his guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can send an email to jstein at elpspda.com. Now, back to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? Welcome back. So getting back to the story about John Miller, who was recently released after serving 21 years in prison, the person who originally stated that he was that that John Miller was the, uh, the person who committed the crime years later wrote another letter to Miller's mother. And he wrote that he panicked on the stand and purposely misidentified Mullen Miller fired filed that letter alongside another appeal, according to court documents, he was denied again. It's so difficult when when you're trying to file a, a post-conviction relief act or any kind of appeal, once you've been sentenced, trying to right the wrong it is it's just very, very difficult. Look, at it, it took this guy 21 years. People think about that. 21 years, you know, I was on vacation a few weeks ago and, and I missed a week at work and it felt like forever because I had so much work to catch up on, you know, when I came back. And that's just five days. Think about this. Twenty-one years. How do you fix that? You can't. And that's what we want to try to avoid. And that's what this show is about. Trying to prevent and deter these things. Mistakes happen. We all know mistakes happen and, and I can understand that. But this is no mistake. The guy who committed the crime, he's confessing to it. And everybody looks the other way. Why? Why don't they look at this and say, whoa, wait a minute. Let's reevaluate this. So here comes um, the Pennsylvania Innocence Project. And Miller applied for, uh, for their help. And in the fall of 2011, attorney Thomas Gallagher, chair of the executive committee of the Pepper Hamilton and pro bono attorney with the project, agreed to take up Miller's fight. And I commend him because uh, he did a great job. You know, in 2011, he started this. It's 2019. It's almost eight years it took to really make this this a reality. And that's how difficult our system is. And here's a quote in the article. I could not believe that a prosecutor would present to a jury on the evidence that he did, Gallagher said. And I couldn't believe a jury would convict. Again, you know, I tell my clients who who claim that they're innocent, right? Before I even investigate anything, uh, I can't say they're innocent because I don't know. But they say they're innocent. And I tell them when they go to a jury trial, even with everything that we have, it's almost a 50-50 chance. You know, 50% they say okay and they believe you. 50% they don't. You need overwhelming evidence. It, it's just so such a challenge to really right that wrong. So... Um, Their challenge, though, was to find evidence not presented in court, Gallagher said. And uh, over the next few months, he went to work on on hiring uh, two retired FBI agents that he had worked with during his time as a prosecutor in the U.S. Attorney's Office. And they studied old witnesses and interviewed anyone from that time who might be able to shine some fresh light on the case, the article states. They found victory in uncovering what the courts call Brady violations, and that is named for a landmark Supreme Court case, Brady v. Maryland. They occur when the prosecution does not turn over evidence for the defense that might exonerate the defendant. 
And again, I'm I'm reading from this article that was uh, that was written by Katie Miller. So you can Google uh, the article. And you can search it. The title is "He Was Just Freed After 21 Years for a Murder Someone Else Confessed to 17 Years Ago." Written by Katie Katie uh, Mettler, rather, um, who's a reporter for the Washington Post, and she did a great great job putting this piece together. But that's these Brady violations, and and I work on cases all the time with Brady violations. Where is the accountability? So basically what that means, and I just shared with one of my clients um, who was convicted in, in federal prison about um, for, for drugs and sentenced for, God, 40 years. But I sent him information that's going to help with Brady violations. So that, that means that these prosecutors had information, but they didn't release it to the defense. And where is the accountability? They don't, they don't get a slap on the wrist. They don't get their license taken away. They don't get fired. They continue to practice law and being prosecutors. Why is it that, again, if I do something wrong and it's brought through the courts, I'm going to lose my private investigator's license. I'll probably get convicted of a crime. I may, I may have to pay a fine. I may have to do jail time. But yet, attorneys, district attorneys, ADAs, can, can violate these things as well as law enforcement, and it's okay. There is no accountability. In my opinion, there's no accountability. I'd love to hear somebody chime in and, and tell me what the accountability is. So moving forward um, uh, about the case, uh, it goes on to state that additionally, Williams told police in the 1990s that another man also heard Miller's confession to the murder. When police followed up with that man, he said that was impossible because he had been incarcerated at the time of the shooting. These are simple, simple friggin' things that could have been done the time of the trial back in 1997, right? So nobody investigated this stuff in 1997. If they would have looked at this, they would have said, whoa, that, that the defense could have said that's bullshit, but it wasn't done. So... These are reasons why you really need to leave no stone unturned. Um, if the prosecution had told the defense about that interaction, Miller's attorneys at the time would have had the opportunity to interview the man. If they had, they would have learned that while Williams and the man were in prison. Um, Williams said that he planned to pin the 1996 murder on Miller, right? That's the whole reason there is a constitutional obligation to turn that information over, Gallagher said. Fairness and justice. And that's a quote from Gallagher. But again, where's the accountability on this stuff? There's just no accountability. And it wasn't until 2016, uh, after all options had been exhausted in state court, that Miller's attorneys were able to advance the arguments to a federal court. And three years later, June 12, 2019, a magistrate ruled in favor of Miller. And the judge vacated Miller's sentence and ordered him released from prison within 180 days. And so here's in the article a quote from Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner. And for he, his quote is, for too long, elected prosecutors were driven by a thirst for convictions and the positive media coverage that usually follows instead of achieving true justice for the jurisdictions they are meant to serve. 
And that's a quote from District Attorney Larry Krasner. Um, he, he goes on to say, I am heartened by the exoneration of John Miller, heartbroken for the years and, the years and potential stolen from him. Uh, uh, what do you mean potentially? They were stolen from him. <clears throat> so that's the story about John Miller, um, another wrongful conviction that was released. And there's just so many of these stories. They're, these things um, are regular occurrence. And so moving along, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is why there is not much addressed by the politicians or elected district attorneys on wrongful arrests and convictions. Folks, there are tens of thousands, if not more, of wrongfully convicted people in prison. Yet, during any political debate, why is this never mentioned? Right? I mean, when do you ever hear any, anything being talked about? Um, I, I, I never do. Just there, there's local elections, state elections, national elections. None of, none of the politicians bring this up. And we know there's, there's obviously a lot of um, important things in, in that need to be debated. And, and our, our country has a lot of issues and medical uh, needs and um, the economy and guns and shooting and, and mass casualties and, and all these things. I mean, the list goes on and on, right? We're not going to solve all the world's problems, but this is one of them, and yet it's never discussed. And, <clears throat> excuse me, however, there are so many reality TV shows dedicated to this. And, of course, we read about wrongfully convicted people getting released from prison, like, like Mr. Miller, weekly, but I've not heard one peep about it during any of the local, state, or national elections. And I don't want to talk po politics in the way of what party you're affiliated with or not. I, I really don't care. I just want more people educated on the misjustice of our system and to all be able to work together to fix them and prevent these misfortunes from occurring. It's just one right after the other. Um, Netflix, let's just talk about this. Netflix has so many, I can't even name them all, but a few um, are Making of a Murderer, The Innocent Man, Shadow of Truth, the list goes on. And how about the ID channel, um, Discovery Channel? There's On the Case with Paula Zahn, Breaking Homicide, Still a Mystery, True Conviction, In Pursuit. Uh, again, that list goes on and on. <clears throat> And in fact, one of my cases will be on the ID channel later on this year as well. So uh, when I find out when that's being aired, I will let you know. Then there's CNN, and, and they have um, a series called Death Row Stories. Many of them are about wrongful imprisoned inmates on death row. Another one of my cases will be featured on, on that series as well. That'll be coming out later, and um, I can't wait to uh, continue working on that case because that's one of my... Uh, clients who's on death row, who I, I, I know, I truly believe, and from my professional investigative experience and findings, he is not the one who m murdered someone, but yet he's been on death row for years. So that'll be on uh, CNN death row stories. And then on regular TV, there are many shows too, like Reasonable Doubt, 
proven innocent, which I, I don't think is is being um, re-aired, although I wish it was. Uh, and the list goes on and on with regular TV. So I would be curious about your thoughts on why elected officials never discuss wrongful convictions. Please send me an email. Send it to jstein at elpspda.com. That's J, S as in Sam, T, E, I, N as in Nancy, at E as in executive, L as in legal, P as in professional, S as in services, P as in private, D as in detective, A as in agency.com, or post to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash is there really truth and justice for all with no spaces. So just facebook.com forward slash is there really truth and justice for all with no spaces and end is spelled out A-N-D. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Again, tell me why elected officials never discuss wrongful convictions or arrest for that matter. Also, what is your favorite true life show and um, what's your favorite television show? Let us know via email or on Facebook. Post your comments. We'd, we'd love to hear from you on that. Um, a, again, there, there are so many different, uh, different things on TV. This is a perfect time for us to take a quick break to uh, uh, listen to uh, a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. ELPS Private Detective Agency is here to provide you with security and investigative services. Our specialties include criminal defense, surveillance, security consulting, loss prevention investigations, and more. ELPS Private Detective Agency is a dynamic team of professionals with over 30 years of experience. No case is too small, too large, or too difficult. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. Visit ELPSPDA.com on the web or call us at 877-SEE-THAT. ELPS Private Detective Agency. Fighting theft, fraud, and crime, one case at a time. What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? To reach Jeff Stein or his guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can send an email to Stein at elpspda.com. Now, back to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? 
Welcome back. And as we were just talking about before the uh, break, we were talking about the different shows, reality shows on Netflix and the Discovery Channel, the ID Channel, CNN, and there's several others out there. I mean, there's there's too many to even mention and list, and I don't even know them all. So uh, I'd love to hear what your favorite TV show is, whether it's the reality show or even, you know, on TV. Um, send an email to me at jstein at elpspda.com or our Facebook page um, for Is There Really Truth and Justice? And that's facebook.com forward slash Is There Really Truth and Justice for All with no spaces. Uh, let us know. Let us know what you think about why elected officials don't discuss this th- th- this issue. You know, why? What, what's the reason? I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. So, I specialize in criminal defense, and I understand that not all of my clients are innocent. In fact, many are not. But through you know good old detective work, I uncover every stone searching for the facts. And what the facts identify is what they identify. But that's how we work on getting wrongfully convicted and wrongfully charged people off from the crimes they did not commit. And this this doesn't just happen overnight where you know you wake up one day and you say, hey, this is what I want to do. I mean, you may want to, you may wake up one day and say, this is what I want to do, but it doesn't mean that you have the, the experience to go out and do that. So how do you get the experience? What do you do? Um, it requires years of training, education, and real-life work experience. And investigators get this in, in many different ways. You know, a lot of times there's uh, private investigators who retire, like like the article said, from the FBI, from law enforcement. There's others who worked in the private sector, like myself, for years in, in investigations, security, and developed my investigative skills during that uh, course of my life. And then you continue with um, education, college, um conferences, special licenses, special certifications, and that's how you really gather that experience. I have um, my criminal justice degree from Westchester University in Pennsylvania. I am a board-certified criminal defense investigator through the uh, Criminal Criminal Defense Training Council, who um, the, the founder and president of that will be on one of our future shows as well. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, that organization and um, what, what their methodology is. So um, stay tuned. That'll probably come sometime um, next month um, in September. You also, investigators frequently attend conferences uh, where continuing education units are issued. And that's something that not all states require continuing education. Pennsylvania is one of those states that does not. And I would love to see that changed. I have, um, I have talked to numerous people and um, Pennsylvania is, is governed by the Private Detective Act of 1953. And in fact, last weekend, I, I met with and, and at a social event and spoke to Senator Tomlinson uh, about um, trying to get Pennsylvania's private investigators licensed out of Harrisburg. Because currently, the each private investigator gets issued their license from the county where they office out of. So they need to petition the courts, um, the, the Court of Common Pleas, and get on the docket and and petition the courts and uh, in front of a judge. But my, my problem with that is 
There are 67 different counties in Pennsylvania, so they do things 67 different ways. Instead of having one central repository for for licensing. Now, Harrisburg um, issues a license for nurses, doctors, barbers, masseuse, dentists, um, the list goes on and on, that are all issued out of Harrisburg, right? Private investigators in Pennsylvania are the only professional license um, association a uh, licensed professional that is not issued out of Harrisburg, and, and that should change. So um, we continue to, to fight that fight and would love to see some changes. But I, I believe that continuing education units are required. Law enforcement has uh, in-service days. They have training, right? They get updated on the laws, all these different things that happen. in really every profession, attorneys have to get CEUs. Um, accountants need CEUs. You know, most uh, most nurses um, need CEUs. Insurance agents, um, property and casualty need to have CEUs and need to go through training. Um, certain amount of uh, CEUs, twenty four, forty eight, whatever it is, every two years. So every every profession has their own. In Pennsylvania, private investigators do not. Um, however. Uh, I, I believe in that. I, I feel that they should. I mean, there are some states that require that. But I do um, receive more than the amount of continuing education units um, that I should in, in a calendar year because I believe in attending conferences and getting the training, trying to stay up to date with the different laws and so forth. So most investors, I can't say most investigators, but um, Investigators should attend at least one conference a year. I, I attend a few conferences where the continuing education units are issued, and I normally attend two to three per year. So next month, I will be in Chesterfield, Missouri, attending a fraud conference. And in September, I will not only be attending, but I will be presenting at um, on September 5th and 6th at the Pennsylvania Association of Licensed Investigators annual conference. That will be held in Hershey, Pennsylvania. If you are in the public or private sector and conduct investigations, or you're a criminal justice student, this is a great conference to attend. And it could be for even if you're in retail loss prevention, um, you're you're an insurance investigator, you work in the special investigations unit, you know, in in the insurance industry, uh, you work your your full time investigator for a law firm. Um, Anybody who conducts any type of investigations, I, I think this is a great conference with a lot of diversity. And you can go to www.p, as in Peter, A-L-I.org, and that stands for the Pennsylvania Association of Licensed Investigators. So you can go to their website, www.pali.org, to get more details. Uh, I will be presenting on when and how to utilize the services of a private investigator in criminal cases. So you will not want to miss this. There are a bunch of other great presenters, both attorneys and licensed professional investigators who will be attending from both the East Coast and the West. Uh, definitely a conference to uh, to attend if you're in the uh, Pennsylvania region um, or feel free to fly out. There's uh, great hotel prices and um, again, you can check it all out at the website. Uh, what else can I tell you about conferences? I'm also currently planning um, 
Intelnet's annual conference for 2020 that will be held March 30th through April 2nd in Las Vegas. And more details on that, you can visit www.in, as in Nancy, T-E-L-L-E-N, as in Nancy, ET.org. So it, it's, I'm going to say it again because we pronounce it Intel, Intelnet, but because of um, some trademark issues a long time ago, we had to kind of do things a little different. <clears throat> again, it's www.intelleen.org. And et.org. And Intelnet, um, really proud of this association. And there will be people worldwide uh, that will attend this. In fact, our conference, our room rate at the hotel is almost 70% sold out already. Um, just people really know that this is a great conference and plan on attending. Intelnet is a highly experienced group of professional investigators and security consultants with national and international specialized investigative capabilities. Our goal is to assist businesses resolve problems with a maximum of professionalism and competency. Uh, Intelnet operates as a close-knit association. Um, They are an alliance of experienced professional investigators adhering to a set of bylaws and code of conduct that stress ethical, professional, and expert conduct. Members, uh, member capabilities, reputations, and accomplishments are sustained by membership in Intelnet. Multifaceted skills are acquired or enhanced by many seminars, like I'm mentioning, conventions and training experiences available through Intelnet activities and other related associations. The numbers, um, Intelnet has over um, 600 people with at least one person in every state. Um, We have members in more than 70 foreign countries with affiliates throughout the entire world, North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, the Middle East, the Far East, Australia, etc. So as you can see, I consider training, um, training, I consider training and staying current with trends, laws, technology, and investigative skills very serious and do my best to teach um, and learn every year. Um, It's really a a great opportunity when you can attend these conferences and and you meet with people from all walks of life and through numerous states around the United States and and throughout the world. It keeps... um, keeps your skills fresh. There's so many different topics to, uh, to be addressed. It's one of the, this conference is, is definitely, if you're going to attend a, a conference from a, a national standpoint, this is the conference to attend. And um, we're going to take a break in, in uh, just a few seconds and it'll be our last break before uh, um, for, listen to our sponsors. So give us, uh, give us, the listeners um, or give the sponsors an opportunity and we will go to break and be back in just a few seconds. Streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com. ELPS Private Detective Agency is here to provide you with security and investigative services. Our specialties include criminal defense, surveillance, security consulting, 
loss prevention investigations, and more. ELPS Private Detective Agency is a dynamic team of professionals with over 30 years of experience. No case is too small, too large, or too difficult. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. Visit ELPSPDA.com on the web or call us at 877-SEE-THAT. ELPS Private Detective Agency. Fighting theft, fraud, and crime, one case at a time. There are many people who claim to be dog experts, yet they don't really provide a connection between dog owners and their best friend. This is where the BS stops. Listen for Taming the Wild and Your Dog with expert author and nationally recognized dog trainer Brian Bailey. Each show has experts, professional trainers, and veterinarians to give you the right answers. Listen for the safety and well-being of your dog. Listen every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? To reach Jeff Stein or his guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can send an email to jstein at elpspda.com. Now, back to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? Welcome back. And thanks for taking the time to listen to our sponsors and and our show. So just to recap, we were kind of talking about some of the conferences that I'm attending and that are coming up uh, in the near future. And that's um, the Pali Conference, which is the uh, beginning of September. There's a fraud conference in uh, later this month in August in Missouri. And then again, uh, National Conference for Intelnet in 2020 that will be held uh, March 30th through April 2nd in Las Vegas with a lot of really good speakers that we have mapped out, um, not just from the United States, but from abroad. So there's going to be international presenters as well. And like I was saying, I, I really believe that you know training in conferences and staying current with, with um, current laws, trends, technology, investigative skills are, are really every investigator should do. And if you are hiring an investigator, you should ask them. Um, it should be all of these things should be listed in their CV uh, on what they what they attend, um, what their learning is, what their teaching is. So, just as as important it is to give back and share your skill sets um, as it is with learning. I have interns every year from Westchester University, and this year also from Penn State which I'm really excited that uh, we had that opportunity to have interns from two different universities, one um, Westchester University and, and Penn State. Um, and it's my way of giving back, you know, of trying to teach the skills and um, what a private investigator does. And they get to work on a lot of these cases, um, surveillances and security and just, just a whole gamut. Um, it's, like I said, just uh, learning or Teaching is, is almost as important as learning. So in October of 2018, I had the honor of having an article published in PI Magazine titled, Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? Boy, have we heard that before. 
um, that, that article is what prompted me to start this podcast to expand my reach of education uh, to the general public w- about wrongful convictions and how they occur, why, and what we can do to prevent them from occurring. That article was then republished in a new magazine that the publishers uh, created for um, this, the private citizen detective uh, in June of this year. And that magazine is called Unsolved Magazine. And it's a great new magazine for the citizen detectives out there. I had mentioned it before, but it was really uh, it's, it's really a great magazine. I, I suggest you check it out. In May of 2019, I was extremely honored to have a published article in the Pennsylvania Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers magazine called For the Defense. And you can Google all of the previously mentioned articles and and magazines and read them. Or if you would like, uh, if you send me an email, I can email you a copy of these articles. Uh, Just please feel free to send me an email at jstein at elpspda.com. And that's J-S-T-E-I. T-E-I-N as in Nancy, at E as in Echo, L as in Larry, P as in Paul, S as in Sam, P as in Paul, D as in David, A as in Apple.com. You know, we, we talk about, and everything we just talked about today, and that's some things that were done, um, or maybe that weren't done appropriately by the the original investigators, and, and they include, you know, law enforcement, they include the original trial attorneys for Mr. Miller, um, any investigators that they may have had that maybe didn't turn over any new stones, you know, there's some things that I, I don't know about, and how all that went down, but we do know that there was Brady violations, and so there was obviously things that could have been identified, should have been identified, should have been disclosed, and they weren't. And, you know, I say there's there's some bad apples in, in all different professions. I, I do want to just take a minute or two to say, you know, in, in private investigators, there's some bad apples, too. And uh, just um, on the news, it's been all over the news. And I, I forget the state um, offhand, but it's been all over the news where recently a private investigator uh, was going to meet with one of her clients in, in prison, an inmate. And normally when private investigators go in to meet with their clients in the, uh, in, 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 when they're uh, incarcerated in prison, they get a, a professional room. Um, you can call it a different thing, but it, it's, a, it's a private room where they usually meet with their attorneys uh, or their legal team. And not in the common visiting area where, you know, there's people can listen and and hear the conversation. So you're in a a separate private room and every prison does it a little bit differently. Some have cameras, some don't. Well, this investigator, uh, this female investigator was going to meet with her client and she was eventually caught for providing services to him, um, oral services. And the the prisons they they eventually caught on or that prison eventually caught on to what she was doing you know they were they were watching and, and monitoring the cameras and and saw some things that didn't look right <laughs> you know that they they tried to hide and conceal the cameras with a um, with a folder and they saw some movements that weren't normal so they went back and started looking at all the videos um uh, in, in this, every time she went to go meet with the client and found that on, on numerous occasions, 
she was providing oral sex to this inmate, which is a violation. It's an ethical violation. It's a moral violation. It's a criminal violation. So um, she has been charged and uh, will have to go to court. And, you know, I, I don't don't know what will happen, but more than likely she'll lose her private investigator's license. She'll maybe serve some jail time. I don't know. Maybe probation. Not really sure, but. You know, it's it's an example of um, a, a bad apple in, in the private investigation world. I mean, these things happen. I, I don't know, you know, if she knew him previously, if she didn't know him. I, I don't know all the details other than what was on the uh, on the news. But you know, these are things that we, we all need to take into account. Um, that that there are bad apples, but part of the training process, part of being professional. Oh, what I didn't mention in, in most of our training seminars, especially with IntelNet, we have a segment uh, on ethics. And presenting on, on ethics at IntelNet is um, Kitty Haley. Kitty Haley is a private investigator. I believe she was the first female licensed private investigator in the state of New Jersey. And she's been she's been doing this for a long time. She's a class act. She's extremely good. Uh, she worked numerous criminal defense cases. Um, uh, she's, she's just a, a real class act. And um, I, I'm looking forward to, to having Kitty present on ethics. But Maybe that's something she'll incorporate is what not to do when you go visit your client in prison, although you would think that would be common sense. But again, these things happen. They happen in all walks of life and in all professions. And you need to stay uh, current and diligent about these things. And, you know, I, I always tell even my kids, you do the right thing even when no one else is looking. It's not the time to, to try to cheat, to try to steal. Uh, you got to do what's right all the time. And that the, the, the same should be held true for law enforcement, district attorneys, private investigators. But, you know, th this person screwed up and, and did something and she's going to be held accountable. And that's where I think the accountability level in the criminal justice or, or in the, the, the legal system is definitely lacking. Because as you heard the story about John Miller, as you listen to all these podcasts that, that we put on and watch these reality shows and TV shows and um, in the dark, I've mentioned them before, great um, podcast. There's no accountability. The district attorney gets nothing. They purposely withhold information and it's a Brady violation and they move on. They continue. So we, we need to see some more accountability in this uh, arena. It's, it's one of the important things that I, I hope that we can continue to educate our listeners to. Um, please, Email, Facebook, let me know your thoughts. Let me know what, you, um, what you'd like to hear in the future. Let me know your suggestions. Do you have any ideas on, on how we can help change the system? Talk to, your, talk to your elected officials. Let them know. Let them know that this is BS, <laughs> that when this, this crap happens, it's just wrong. So we look forward to, uh, to next week's episode and we really uh, appreciate you for taking the time. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please consider giving it a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. As we continue to increase our listener base, we appreciate your positive reviews and would like to thank our sponsors. Thank you. Have a great day.
Thank you for listening to Is There Really Truth and Justice for All? We can be heard Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please join host Jeff Stein for another edition of the program next week. 